0: It's Friday, February 3rd, and this is The Gateway. I'm Rod Milam, sitting in for Wayne Pratt. Coming up later on in the podcast, we'll hear from St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke. She's going to speak with Keisha Scarlett, the new superintendent of the St. Louis City Public Schools. She says that in that role, she wants to hold on to lessons learned during the pandemic.
1: I say that we were a rubber band and we were stretched by the pandemic. We can't just let it snap back and go back to business as usual and how things were before. So there are a lot of opportunities for us to bring the innovation.
0: And with Missouri legalizing recreational marijuana, we'll ask, What does it mean for Metro East towns and businesses?
1: We anticipated
2: that as cannabis grows and more places start to offer it, that we would see some decrease in sales tax over time. So it's been built into our long-term plan.
0: We'll hear from St. Louisans who bought cannabis in the Metro East and how sales in Missouri will now change that landscape. But first, news headlines. The Missouri House has passed legislation that would let voters decide if it should be harder to amend the state's constitution. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, there was lengthy debate over the language of the ballot itself.
3: House members passed the resolution on a party-line vote of 108 to 50. Under the resolution, the voting threshold needed to pass a proposed constitutional amendment through the initiative petition process would be increased to 60%. But the resolution also includes language stating that only a US citizen who is properly registered would be considered a legal voter. That provision is already a requirement and Democrats, like Representative David Tyson Smith, said including that language first hides the true goal of the resolution.
0: The first thing we have on the ballot language says to allow only citizens of the United States to qualify as legal voters. And and my fear is that people are going to go into the ballot box and think that's really what this is about, and they're going to be misled.
3: The resolution now goes to the Missouri Senate. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Bills on open school enrollment, unemployment benefits, and prohibiting transgender girls from participating in girls' sports are all on the Missouri Senate calendar and could be brought up for first-round approval next week. One bill that did not advance this week in the Senate establishes parents' bills of rights. It also prohibits the teaching of certain diversity-centered curricula. Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo says they will continue to have conversations on the legislation in the future. We're in a position to where there are 24 of them, there are 10 of us. Do we like the bill? No. Do I anticipate any Democrats voting for that bill? No. Uh, But we're going to try to do the best we can to make that not as horrible as what it is. On the possibility of advancing an open enrollment bill next week, Senate President Pro Tem Caleb Roden says some of the opposition to the open enrollment boils down to the schools not wanting to lose money. Many Missourians are expected to lose their Medicaid coverage over the next fiscal year. The director of the state's Medicaid program says roughly 200,000 enrollees will be without coverage. The Missouri Independent reports annual Medicaid eligibility renewals were paused at the start of the pandemic following a federal public health emergency declaration. It prevented states from removing enrollees from the program. The pause on eligibility checks ends April 1st. The Illinois Attorney General's Office has filed a lawsuit against companies that make PFAS a highly toxic group of chemicals. Indy reports.
3: PFAS accumulate in bodies and ecosystems. They're used in everything from rain gear to popcorn bags. This lawsuit looks to recover costs associated with PFAS-caused damage to Illinois' natural resources, like water, and with monitoring and remediation. Sonia Lunder with the Sierra Club says lawsuits are critical, but chemical regulations also need to
2: tighten. Make sure that they don't have these devastating ecological and health damages before they're put into production. When we see signs that chemicals are impacting the way our immune systems work forever, we need to take more rapid action.
3: Lunder says regulations move slowly, so it's essential to stay ahead of damages caused by these chemicals. I'm Indy Kara.
0: New research suggests over a third of rural counties in the U.S. grew during the first year of the pandemic. COVID-19 accelerated an existing trend in rural areas as deaths outpaced births. But because more people moved into some rural counties, the population grew slightly. Tom Miller is a rural sociologist and demographer at the University of Oklahoma. He says it's not likely this population trend continues. People
2: live near cities generally because they like what comes with the city. And in COVID was a very unique point where everything that's good about a city suddenly wasn't. But I don't think that's a long-term thing by any
0: means. Miller adds that recreational and retirement communities near cities were more likely to see population growth than remote farming communities. A St. Louis Democrat is sounding off on legislation allowing the governor to appoint a special prosecutor to handle certain charges. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports the bill is in response to criticism around how St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner managed her office.
3: GOP Steel Representative Lane Roberts' bill would allow the governor to appoint a special prosecutor for a five-year period. Detractors contend it's aimed at Gardner and effectively disenfranchises voters who elected her twice to her post. Barringer, though, says the state needs to intervene because Gardner has done an ineffective job of prosecuting people accused of crimes.
0: This bill wouldn't have come up if we didn't have 200 people who were murdered last year in the city of St. Louis. This bill wouldn't have come up if we have people who are sitting in jail that may be innocent, but because they haven't had their day in court, they're still sitting in jail.
3: Gardner's office opposes Robert's bill, contending it won't do anything to stem
0: violence in St. Louis. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. And you can hear more of Barringer's appearance on Politically Speaking by going to stlpr.org. The next superintendent of St. Louis Public Schools says she wants to celebrate victories that are happening in the district. Keisha Scarlett is a career educator who is currently assistant superintendent of academics for Seattle Public Schools. Scarlett spoke about her new role in St. Louis with our education reporter, Kate Grumke.
3: It seems from your resume that a superintendent role is a natural next step for you, but why do you want to take on that job here in St. Louis?
1: You know, I um, have really thought about the superintendent roles for me, and um, St. Louis this year is the only um, district that I had applied to. And, you know, one of the things that led me to St. Louis um, happened on the heels of the tragedy of um, Central Visual and Performing Arts School. And it actually ended up 15 days later that Seattle Public Schools had our own school shooting that um, resulted in a fatality And um, watching the um, response um, in St. Louis Public Schools was instructive for us as well. But also watching the pride and the resilience and the commitment as I um, traced and tracked the school leader, the district leadership and their response, it just made me pay closer attention um, to St. Louis Public Schools. Also, really inspired by the citywide education plan work that's happening across the city's schools. St. Louis is a, a city that really wants education to win, um, really wants their students to be educated, and it's just a great city. And so, I'm super excited to be welcomed um, into the city with my own family.
3: And there are some tough challenges here. Both the city and the school district have seen years of population decline, and many families say the quality of schools is a reason they left. What can you do to keep families in St. Louis or even attract new ones to the city?
1: What I noticed when I visited schools was hardworking educators who were not wasting any time. A lot of times these aren't the prevailing messages that come um, from our schools. It's really hard to do um, really hard work. A lot of times our head is sort of down as we're working, but we have to look up and be able to celebrate those victories and there are challenges. um, But I do believe that the community has the cure for those challenges together, that resources um, need to be allocated appropriately to ensure that students have equitable access to um, unlimited possibilities. And I do believe that St. Louis is is capable of being a gateway to unlimited possibility for students.
3: And obviously, it's easy to focus on problems that need solutions in education, but what is most exciting to you in education right now?
1: I would say the ingenuity, um, what's happening and um, what happened when we went to the one-to-one environments. A great opportunity is around digital curriculum to really um, help foster the 21st century skills for our students. How do we think about our students as the next creatives and entrepreneurs and founders of the future and really start that work? Um, It starts in pre-kindergarten. It starts in pre-K and um, moves throughout into post-secondary. So I'm excited about um, opportunities to, um, I say that we are a rubber band and we were stretched by the pandemic. We can't just let it snap back and go back to business as usual and how things were before So there are a lot of opportunities for us to bring the innovation.
3: Former Superintendent Adams was one of the longest serving leaders in St. Louis Public Schools history, and the stability he brought had a measurable positive impact on the district. You've been with Seattle Public Schools for 24 years. Can St. Louis families expect a long-term commitment from you?
1: One of the things that I value the most um, that was instilled to me from my family is that that my greatness is connected to my service to community. I um, have had other opportunities, but I have intentionally um, remained in Seattle Public Schools and grown along with the school district over time. As a result of my leadership, I have um, innovated and brought um, new programs, both as a teacher, as a school leader, and as a district leader. And that keeps me excited and passionate about the work ongoing. What I can say is that St. Louis Public Schools can um, expect the very same. I am a community-centered leader. I do not try to remove myself or accuse myself from community. I think it's important to both be um, accountable and answerable.
0: That's the next St. Louis Public Schools Superintendent, Keisha Scarlett. She spoke with St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke, and that piece was edited by Mark Degon. Missouri's Department of Health will start approving recreational marijuana licenses today. When St. Louis area shops open over the next few days, Missouri residents can forego driving across state lines to buy cannabis in the Metro East. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer examines what that means for neighboring Illinois cities and dispensaries.
2: There's a number of reasons why St. Louisans say they may want to skip out on Metro East dispensaries and opt for a shop in their hometown. One, the proximity two, the taxes, and three, supporting local businesses. I would like to see my my vices be somehow spun productively. That's Logan, a St. Louis resident. He asked to be identified by just his first name because it's still illegal to cross state lines. So yeah, I, I just want I wanna support that industry, especially if it's helping support other social programs and stuff. He's one of those St. Louisans who made trips to the Metro East every few months for marijuana. Now, he says he's excited to see what local options he has on the west side of the river. Crystal, another St. Louisan who also asked to only use her first name, says cheaper taxes in Missouri is another factor.
1: The taxes for Illinois cannabis are outrageous, in my opinion, especially from comparing them to other western coast states.
2: She's originally from California. When she traveled home to see friends or family, she would occasionally bring some cannabis back because Illinois' taxes were pricey. One of the stores who hopes to benefit from the new recreational business is Good Day Farms.
3: And then you have the 5 by 7 ones, and what we're doing too is making sure that we're highlighting our medical patients still and really kind of...
2: Vice President that... of Marketing Amy Daly is talking supplies and strategy for opening day with her employees. Good Day has five locations in the St. Louis area where they're currently just selling medical marijuana. CEO Ryan Hergett says they're hoping to compete for everyone's business. Illinois has got you know higher taxes than Missouri, so we expect traffic from Illinois. So we feel like it, it, the Good Day stores are a very attractive place to shop, whether you live in Missouri or anywhere else. Illinois taxes recreational marijuana at six and a quarter percent to start, but they can go up to sixteen and a quarter. Missouri has a flat tax of six percent. Local cities can also add an additional tax. East towns like Collinsville, Fairview Heights, and Sogea say they're prepared to see sales tax revenues shrink. Fairview Heights Mayor Mark Kupsky says that's something his city expected. We anticipated that as cannabis grows and more places start to offer it, that we would see some decrease in sales tax over time. So it's uh, been built into our long-term plan. Fairview Heights has set aside half the sales tax revenue for funding their police department's pension. The other half will be used for paying off the city's debt and will sit in the general fund. In all, Fairview Heights has made nearly $1 million from the sales tax generated by their dispensary, Ascend. Meanwhile, few cities have benefited as much from recreational marijuana as Collinsville, home to the state's most profitable dispensary, another Ascend location. Collinsville City Manager Mitch Baer says the $1.5 to $2 million in sales tax has been beneficial for his city, especially when cash flows weren't certain.
0: They did great revenues during the pandemic, so really what it did was it allows us to get through the pandemic and not worry about funding for those services that the revenue streams went down over those two years.
2: The other revenue in Collinsville has been set aside for capital improvements and doesn't have a home quite yet. Ascend declined to comment for this story. Officials with Beyond Hello, the dispensary that has two locations in Soge, could not be reached for comment, but Soge's mayor, Rich Soge Jr., says the dispensary has also been good for his village.
0: While we have the money now, long-term, I don't know if that's a, if it's going to be there. So, you know, I hope it is.
2: Sojay most recently funneled the hundreds of thousands in sales tax toward the city's police department. Sojay Jr. says they've retained a solid staff with the extra cash and signed a new contract with the department's union. Sojay Jr., Kupski in Fairview Heights, and Bear in Collinsville say they'll all keep a close eye on how recreational sales perform in Missouri. For Bear, recreational sales continues
0: to be a curious subject. We're living through just a real social experiment right now as to how the business model plays out and how uh, competition, quite frankly, will impact those established dispensaries and businesses that are already in place in uh, legalized states like Illinois.
2: What was once a destination product is now becoming more readily available. What happens next for Metro East Towns will be a waiting game. In Collinsville, I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public
0: Radio. And our Fred Erlich edited that piece. St. Louis Public Radio is a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis, and our music today was by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Rod Milam. Have a great day.